You are listening to the Pursuit Church Essay Podcast. We are a group of imperfect, real people on a mission to pursue God and love people. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. We are so glad you are with us. We have a lot of new faces today. Beautiful. Love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, welcome. Welcome to Pursuit Church. Love you guys. Hey, listen, recently, Karen and I were setting up to play a video on a computer for a meeting. It was supposed to cast onto the TV, but for some reason, we just couldn't get the TV to work. So we were going to just, or we did just display it on her laptop, right? And so she positioned this laptop, maybe about three or four feet from the audience that was going to be viewing it. And as I was sitting there, just thought to myself, man, that screen would look a little bit better if it was just a little bit closer to the audience. And so I just felt this need to take control of this situation. Well, you know, I think I need to go do something about this, right? You know, no discussion, no nothing, just in my own mind. I think I need to go fix this. Okay, so I get up and I positioned it maybe like six inches closer, right? So it's like, come on. I mean, did I really need to do that? No. Did I even really need to get involved in that situation at all? No. But you know, we have this thing about control, don't we? Anyone else here like to control things in your life, right? You, you want to be in control of what's going on? We just, we just seem to have this human nature of wanting to control things, don't we? As we continue today uh, in our series, Making Room, what we've been doing for the last few weeks is, is learning what to let go of so that we can make more room for Jesus, right? Remember, that's, that's where we've been headed in this series. What, things we need to let go of so that we can make more room for Jesus in our life. Today, can I ask you, can we let go of control to make more room for Jesus? Can we let go of some control, things we're trying to control in our life to make more room for the Savior of the world? You see, Jesus was the best example of letting go of control, wasn't he? He let go of his own will in favor of the will of his Father. In fact, Scripture tells us that Jesus didn't do anything without consulting his Father, Without praying, asking, going to him, Jesus left total control of his life to his Father in heaven. He's the best example of control we, we can find. But you know, today I want to focus on his mother for a few minutes. Mary, the mother of Jesus. Because she also, just like her son, showed us some beautiful examples of how to let go of control. How to let go of control. This is what Jesus said about this thing called control. And he put it this way in Matthew chapter 10, verses 39. This is what Jesus said. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. I wonder, are there some things that we're clinging to really hard right now? Are there areas of our lives that we're desperately trying to control? According to Jesus, if we continue down that path of control, 
we might very well lose the things that we're desiring to control, right? So control can be a dangerous thing. But here's the thing, if we're willing to give up control, if we're willing to let some things go, we're going to have an opportunity to find what God has for us instead of just our own preferences, instead of just what we want. And you know, God's way is always better. It's always better, not sometimes, always. Ephesians 3.20 reminds us of this, and it reminds us of why God's way is better. This is what it says, Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do far more, far more, abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. That power within us is the Holy Spirit. That's what he's talking about. And when we let God can take, take control, when we let God take control of things, of our lives, through the power of the Holy Spirit, of our situations, of our circumstances, he can do so much more with it than we could ever hope, dream, or imagine. Come on now. That's really good. So for these next few minutes, I, I want to take a look at some areas that Mary was just a beautiful example to us about letting go of control. And these areas that we're going to talk about that Mary showed us such a good example of are things and areas that we have problems with. <laughs> They're areas that we want to control. Okay, and I think you'll see some of, I, I know when I was preparing this message, I was, God was all in my kitchen. He was, he was all up in my Kool-Aid. And I have a feeling he, he might be in some of yours today. So here's, here's, here's three things that we see Mary learning to give up control in. The first one is timing. Anybody here want to control your time? I'm a, I'm a control my time freak. Okay, I, man, I want to know every day, every minute, every, every you know, thing I'm going to do in a day. I want to control my time. If I'm being honest, when I was doing this, this is like number one on my list. I want to control my time. I want to be in control when I go to bed, when I get up, what I do throughout the day. I'm going to do this, then I'm going to do that, then I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do it all when I think it needs to be done. Right? When in my time, in my way. But you know what else I want control over? is events in my life, right? See if any of this sounds familiar. So here's the life plan. I'm gonna go to school, I'm gonna graduate, I'm gonna meet just the right person, we're gonna have kids, I'm gonna buy a house, I'm gonna save for retirement, and then I'm gonna ride off into the sunset. Anybody have those kind of timing things in your brain? Like this is how things should go, the sequence of events, right? We wanna control that. We want to be in control of that. I'm sure Mary had that same thought, or some of those same thoughts, when the angel Gabriel appeared to her. You see, Mary had plans. I guarantee you Mary had plans. She had plans for her life. She had timelines already set up. I, I, I promise you. But God changed her timeline, right? God changed the timing of things in her life through the visit of that angel. You know, of all the times to get pregnant, 
that was not the ideal time for Mary to get pregnant. Okay, let's just, let's just be real here. In fact, that was probably the most inopportune time for her to become pregnant. You see, Mary was engaged to Joseph at that time, right? It was already set. And back then, by the way, engagement meant you were pretty much married. You just hadn't gone through the actual ceremony yet, okay? But you were, when they say betrothed, that's what they were talking about. They were, they were basically legally already this. They, they were one, okay? And yet, here comes God in his timing. <laughs> no, you're going to get pregnant in this way, okay? I'm sure Mary must have been anticipating the timeline, the wedding, the year-long honeymoon. And by the way, it was a year-long Back that year long, man, it's nice. Year long honeymoon, that's awesome, man. And the timing around all of those things. Let's see, Mary. Maybe she was thinking, see, I'll have my bridal shower then, and then we'll we'll have the wedding set for this date, and it's going to be just at this time, and then I've got the perfect Nazareth condo picked out when it's all done. (laughs) Come on, man. I mean, surely Mary must have been thinking about these things right? And then Mary's timing got interrupted. And her timing now was in God's hands, right? And we know from reading the the story in Luke chapter 1 that Mary was a bit um, frightened and confused at first, understandably so, right? First of all, an angel is appearing to her. She's like, whoa, what, what is this? But she's understandably concerned, But here's the thing. The angel gives her assurances, though, that this is what's going to happen. Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and be with you in all of it. And then that's when Mary was able to have the wonderful response that she did that we find in verse 38 of Luke chapter 1. It says, this is what Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. You know, God likes to mess with our minutes sometimes. He likes to get into our time. Said a couple weeks ago that God isn't bound by time, but we are, right? So God's outside of time, right? And yet we're living in a world that is in time, right? (laughs) So time is important to us, right? The control of that time is important to us. And so here's Mary with the beautiful response. All right, I don't understand the timing of this, but I trust you, God. I trust you. You know, Psalm 31:15 reminds us that our times are in God's hands. And Romans 5, verse 6 reminds us that Jesus died for us, it says, at just the right time. At just the right time. Now, this next scripture is, is really kind of my, my main focus in this one, and that's found in James chapter 4, verses 13 through 15, and this is what James told us. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. 
Now, I'm not going negative on you here, and trust me, God's not going negative either. You know, it's okay to have plans. It's okay to prepare for the future. But what we can't do is believe that we are in control of the timing of everything in our life. That's what we can't do. We've got to believe and trust that God's timing is better than ours. That God always has the best timing in mind for us. And James is simply reminding us here of that. Saying, yeah, y'all can have your plans all you want. You're going to go to a town. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. Just remember, it needs to be within God's timing, plans, and purposes. Right? That's what he's trying to remind us. He's not going negative here. He's saying, just remember, God's timing is always the best. Even when we feel kind of like Mary did, right? That at first we may be apprehensive. I'm not sure about this. I don't know how this is going to work out. I don't really understand the timing of God. I want you to remember this. Our timing, our timing is based on what we currently see and what might happen. God's timing is based on what he already knows is going to happen. Okay, that, that's a huge difference. Our timing is just based on what we think might happen. and what we, God's is based on a knowledge that we don't possess. That's what his timing is based on. See, he has information that we don't have. And when God sent his Holy Spirit to Mary, he knew what was going to happen. He knew Jesus would die and save us from our sins. God knew that. Mary could only imagine it. She didn't know that, yet God knew it. Mary ultimately did what we're called to do, which was she believed it. Okay, she believed it. But God actually knew what he was doing. You know, that's what God is calling us to do when it comes to giving control of our time to him. He's not asking us to always understand it, but he's saying, believe it. Believe that my timing is perfect. It's not too early. It's not too late. It's right on time. It's right on time. God knew bringing Jesus to earth at just that time was the perfect time in history to do it. God knew that. We just have to believe that. We have to believe that in our life. When we question God's timing, when we think about, eh, I'd like it to happen this way or this time or whatever, we have to trust, just like Mary did. Mary did provide a beautiful example. Now, if we get messed up about the timing of God, we really get messed up when we start looking at his methods. <laughs> the how, right? Anyone want to control the how? Right? How things happen? Who wants to control the how in your life? Like the method of things going down. I do. I'd, I'd love to control the how. Right? And here's the, things, here's the thing about the how. When things don't happen the way that we think they should, we can get confused and sometimes downright mad. We can get, we can get angry. Right? When things aren't happening the way that we think they should. Right? And so that leads to these questions. Well, why isn't God doing this? Or why is God allowing that? Or, God, if you would just do it this way, dot, dot, dot. Anybody ever have those conversations with God? <laughs> Besides me? 
Come on, the method. I, I, I want to control the how. I want to control the how. Wow. Now, I'm sure when Mary was thinking about having children, she was probably imagining it happening the old-fashioned way, right? You got in the same way she and Joseph had gotten to the earth. You got a mom, you got a dad, they procreate, and nine months later, you got a baby, right? I'm sure as she was thinking about when they were betrothed, having children, that, that was probably her mindset. But, oh, oh, and, you know, how, maybe she was even dreaming, how is she going to tell Joseph? You know, I'm, I'm imagining when I find out I'm pregnant, is it the confetti canyon, cannon, you know, pink for girl, blue for boy? Oh, well, maybe not that, but, but, but you kind of get the idea, right? She was probably thinking, this is how I'm going to tell him when that day comes that I'm pregnant. She's going to make a big production about it, right? Beautiful. It's going to be good. But, you know, God didn't use that method, did he? God used his own method, his own way. And that way actually confused Mary, right? Just like God's methods and ways. Just remember, we have one or two or 10 ways to do things. God has 10,000 ways to do things, okay? He, he has an unending, infinite supply of how to get things done, okay? We're limited here, right? He's unlimited, Right? There's all kinds of ways he can get things done. So just, but to make you feel better, let me, let me show you what, what, what Mary expressed in, for, in Luke chapter 1, verses 34 and 35, because she was confused too. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. You see, God has ways of accomplishing things that we cannot even fathom. We can't even, it's just, it's just impossible, right? And you know what? We make more room for Jesus in our lives and we can let go of the control of the how. Let go of the control of the how. Let God do his thing. Let him do what only he can do. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 reminds us very clearly about this. This is what it says. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. The Lord's declaring it. When the Lord declares something, he's serious. Right? He's, he's, no, he's getting your attention, getting my attention. No, I'm, I'm telling you this. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. You see, if Mary had tried to control the method of having a child, she would have missed the miracle of Jesus. What do you think about that? If Mary had tried to control the method, she would have missed the miracle. Come on. Come on. And when we do that to God, that's really what we're saying. When we try to control something, we can miss his higher method. We can miss his better way. We can miss the marvelous, unlimited ways that God can get things done when we try and control the how. Perhaps you've heard the term, don't put God in a box, right? First of all, God don't live in a box. Secondly, you couldn't put him in a box even if you tried. You, you, it, it, it's impossible. You couldn't do it. We serve the most creative, awe-inspiring God. 
I want you to hear that. We serve the most creative, awe-inspiring God. This is a God who flung the stars, hung the moon, and made the sun stand still. Let me tell you what, if God can do those things, he can use any method he wants. He can do anything he wants, any way he wants. And if the God of universe can do that, we can trust that he knows what he's doing. We can trust that no matter what, he knows what he's doing. Let me put it this way. I heard this once and it stuck with me. Our ability to understand God or excuse me, our inability to understand God does not prevent him from doing what he's going to do. Just because we don't understand it doesn't mean he can't do it. And we got to remember that. Just because we don't wrap our arms around how he's doing it does not prevent him from doing it. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> because if it was just, you know, I mean, Jesus gave us just a little snippet when we went back to his hometown and people wouldn't even believe in who he was. That actually kind of, Jesus himself said, that kind of limited what I could do. Not that Jesus could have done what he had, but there's an element of faith that's required, right? Jesus so said, I'm, I'm here in my hometown and I'd like to be healing all these people, but there ain't no one with faith here. So, so I'm only going to be able to heal a few people, you know? Come on now. It's important. Now, as much as we like to control timing and methods, this last area is one that can get us in a lot of trouble. It can get us in a lot of trouble. And that is this, relationships. We want to control relationships, right? Anyone here want to be in control of relationships besides me again? Yeah, come on. We want control in relationships. Now, this is a good time for a Karen story. So every once in a while, when I'm up here, I'm going to pull out a Karen story. I got a lot of them, okay? And I always have permission. Trust me, you know, I'm going to stay out of trouble here. But, but, but I have a, a Karen story that really relates well to this. We were several years ago on, on a cruise ship out in the middle, middle of the Caribbean Ocean, okay? So that's, that's where this is, the Caribbean Sea, I think it's actually called. And so we were on this cruise ship, and Karen, as she is wont to do, uh, loves to go on the top deck and get some sun, right? So she's up there getting some sun and doing her thing and praying. A lot of times she's listening to Jesus and hearing from him during those times, and this was one of those times. This is one of those times. You see, at that time, she was struggling with a relationship that she was having with, with somebody, and she just kind of kept asking God and almost lamenting, God, what, what am I going to do? What am I going to do about this situation? How am I going to fix it? Right? That's, that's kind of what she was just praying to God. How am I going to fix This is her relating the story to me, so I'm just relating it to you. She was just lamenting with God, how can I fix this? And how can I make the person see that what they're doing, their actions that they're taking are, are harmful? How can I make them see? That's, that's, that's what her prayer was. And this is the revelation that God gave her. By the revelation, that's not crazy. Hey, a revelation is just new information or information given to you in a new way. That's, that's all revelation. Okay, we, we, we can all get revelation, trust me. Okay, it's, it's not a, you know, Old Testament thing. No, we, we all have the ability to hear from God, okay? And, and my bride heard from God about this topic, 
okay, that we're talking about. And this is what God whispered to her spirit that she would later share with me. She heard God share in her spirit, if you keep playing God in this person's life, then they won't have room for me to be God. Think about that for a minute. How many times do, do we want to control relationships? How many times do we think, what do I got to do? What do I got to do? What do I got to do? So much of what we try and control in relationships with others, though, are things that only God can fix. Only God can handle it, okay? And often we end up asking ourselves that same question, right? What, what do I do? What can I do? We also, in relationships, want to control the outcome to an outcome that we desire. It's another thing we do in trying to control relationships. But here's the problem. What we desire may not necessarily be what God wants. Okay, so we, we have this predetermined outcome control idea about what we want this relationship to do, to be, to whatever. That may not be the very thing God really wants in that relationship to happen, okay? Mary herself experienced this in some degree in a story we're going to read now in Luke chapter 2, verses 41 through 51. And this is how that, that scripture goes. So Luke chapter 2, 41 through 51. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of Passover. So just to set a little bit up, we're fast forwarding. Jesus is now 12 years old when this story is taking place, right? So we've been talking about his birth and the things Mary learned in that process. Well, she's about to learn something else. <laughs> That, that, that we can, about relationships, about you know, some things we can learn about. So the age of 12 in, in the custom was that was the crossing over from childhood basically into adulthood in the culture. So, so this is Jesus 12, he's going to, to the temple as, as, as they did, Passover, and he's 12 now, so he's beginning that earthly journey, in a sense, of going from childhood to adulthood. And so th this is what we're reading then in, in this uh, scripture. So now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of Passover. And when he was 12, they went according to the custom. And when the feast had ended, they were returning. The boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. And his parents did not know it. But supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey ahead. And then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. After three days, they did finally find him in the temple and sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And astonished, the way you read this, was not such a good thing <laughs> when you look at their reaction. And his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. So it doesn't sound like Mary was really happy with this situation. She was, she was, anybody lose a kid in a store once in a while at an amusement park? I'm unfortunate I've had that situation. You're pretty frantic. You're like, where is my kid? 
What's going on? And they hadn't seen him for three days, right? So it's like, whoa. You can understand, Mary was, when it, when it says astonished, that's not probably the good astonished. That's like, oh my goodness, what's going on? Where's my son, right? That's, it's more like a panic, almost. And it says, Jesus said, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. What does that mean? Mary was learning. She was learning about her relationship with her son and what it was really going to be about. You see, Mary had the same revelation that Karen did just thousands of years earlier. That's all. Jesus was reminding his mother, a woman he deeply loved, that God was ultimately in control of his life. Same message, revelation, my bride got, Mary got just a couple thousand years earlier. That's all. I wonder if Jesus, thinking when he asked the question, don't, don't you remember? I wonder if he was think, really saying, remember mom, that time 12 years and nine months ago when the angel appeared to you and told you who I was gonna be? Are, are you forgetting that? That's in essence kind of what he's saying. Don't, don't you remember? Don't you remember that although I love and honor you and I honor Joseph as my earthly father, I will always have a heavenly father who's gonna come first. I think that's really inherent in Jesus' question. Don't, don't you remember? Don't you remember who I am? Don't you remember the relationship that I have with my father and how that impacts my relationship with you and others? You see, this experience that Mary had helps us put relationships in their proper perspective. We too must first love and honor God above any other relationship. He's it. He is the primary relationship that we have. And in our relationship with others, that's also the most important thing to remember. You see, God loves and cares for people in your life way more than you ever could. As much as you think you love somebody, you can't even fathom how much more God loves them. God created them. God desires the best for them in their life, way more than you do. And when we can focus on that truth, we can learn to let go of control in those relationships when we focus on that truth. Now, I'm not saying we don't have a role to play in relationships, because we do. Our main role in a relationship is to be an influencer. We can influence a relationship. But only God can fix a broken person or a broken relationship. Only God can actually fix that. We can influence. How do we influence? Speaking words of life, words of encouragement, words of truth. And most importantly, pointing people that we're in relationship with to Jesus. That's how we can, that's how we can influence a relationship. Remember, we can heal, excuse me, we can help 
but only God can heal. Okay? We can help, but only God can heal. You see, Mary could prepare meals for Jesus. Mary could teach Jesus how to act right in public. Mary could, uh, you know, uh, bind up a, a skinned up knee. She could, she could do those things for Jesus, and I'm sure she did. But only God could give Jesus what he needed to fulfill his mission, right? Only, he could only get that from God. Only God could give him peace. Only God could give him the Holy Spirit. Only God could give him guidance and direction. And when he was in that Garden of Gethsemane, it was only God that could give him the assurance and courage to finish the mission that he started. Mary couldn't do that. Mary couldn't do that. You see, we can trust God to do things in people and through people that we, no matter how hard we try, can never do. We, we, we can't. You know, letting go of control is never easy, especially in a world that seems to crave it. But with God's help through his Holy Spirit, we can let go and we can give to God those things that are truly his. We can learn to put people and situations in their right and proper perspectives. So join me in this Christmas season in learning to let go of control. Let's learn to let go of control so that we can make more room for Jesus. Let's make more room for Jesus by trusting in God's timing. Let's make more room for Jesus by depending upon God's methods and not ours. And finally, let's make room for Jesus by giving him control of people that we're in relationship with so that we don't carry that burden. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you right now in the name of Jesus. And Father, we are grateful for your control of our life. Father, we place our hearts, our souls, our spirits in your capable hands. Father, you are so much better in your timing. You are so much greater in relationships and what you want to do, and you are so much better in how you want to do things in our life. Father, give us the courage to trust in you. In this Christmas season, as we celebrate the birth of Jesus, Father, we are grateful that trusting you brings peace. Let us lean into that peace, Father, as the Prince of Peace is honored and recognized this week. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you. Now, maybe there's somebody here right now that has never given Jesus control of your life. I want to I pray for you right now. With every eye closed, with every head bowed, if you would, everyone in unison, just, just join me in this prayer. There may be some of us that prayed this prayer many years ago. Some of us maybe prayed it last week. Some of us maybe have never prayed this prayer. And it's for those that maybe 
have not yet given Jesus control of their life, but today is your day. Today is your day to do that. We're going to pray with you. We're going to pray with you. Just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, today I give you control of my life. Father, I recognize that I have sin that needs your forgiveness. And so today, Father, I want to be controlled by your Holy Spirit and live my life for you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 If God is transforming your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. You can give at PursuitChurchSA.com give. Thank you for listening and remember to follow us to enjoy more messages like this.